Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hello, I hope you're having a good day. I hope you're having a good study in our new crown study. This is Dig a Bit number two for the month of September 2023. As I look at our study I love the question that begins, if you're in the book, at the bottom of page 10, it's F. It says it's important for us to notice that not wanting in Psalm 23 is not just about having all of our needs met, as in, I don't want for anything. My grandmother used to say that, I don't want for anything. It's also about, though, finding contentment even when things aren't the way that we wish that they were. We find this contentment because we trust the one who's protecting us, our shepherd. We realize his ability. He's not a tenant shepherd and his resourcefulness. A big part of that is remembering, and this is hard for me, that although my shepherd has many, in fact, millions of sheep, he still interacts with me as though I am the only one. Only the divine shepherd has the ability to do that. He's not restricted by the space and time and and place restrictions that humans are restricted by. And so he is able to provide peace for me even in the dark times. Even though there are millions of people who may be having a dark time as well as I. Read the book of Philippians and make a list of all those silver linings that Paul found even when he was in that Roman prison. We're calling this contentment correspondence from the book of Philippians. So we're going to imagine how this made the Christians feel to know that Paul started a church from a Philippian Roman prison and now is admonishing from a Roman prison and all the while was so very contented. So what I did want us to see from this passage, first of all, I'm just going to really quickly list all of the contentment, all of the silver linings that I saw in the book of Philippians. Let me go ahead and reiterate, as I always say, our list will not look exactly alike. They just won't because we will have different things would have jumped out of the page to you than they did to me. But I got a long list. I haven't counted them, but a very long list of contentment, silver linings from the book of Philippians. And then I want us to remind us, I want to remind us of the beginnings of this Philippian church from Acts chapter 8. So here are mine. He was thanking God for the Philippians. He said he was joyful. He said he was confident in their work through him. He said, you're in my heart. We are partakers of grace together. Bad things have turned out to further the gospel. The whole guard and those in other places are seeing Christ. And that's the Roman guard. The brethren are getting bolder to speak the gospel. Christ is being preached, so I'm rejoicing. He had confidence in in God's providence for salvation. He had confidence in the power of the prayers of the Philippian Christians. He said to live as Christ, to die as gain. He got to, the Philippians got to rejoice in Paul's coming. He said even persecution is a token of salvation. He said his joy could be completed by their unity. 
He said they could have have the humble mind of Jesus, and he was glad about that. He said God has highly exalted our Savior or our intercessor. It was God who worked in the Philippians. We can be blameless, harmless, and shine. If they held fast, Paul could rejoice. Paul's labor was not in vain. Paul did rejoice if he was offered for the Philippians' faith. The Philippians rejoiced with Paul. That was one of his silver linings. Paul rejoiced in the hope of Timothy's good report. Paul had great confidence in Timothy. Paul trusted God that he would get to go to Philippi shortly. Epaphroditus was ministering to Paul. God had mercy on Epaphroditus. And this was mercy on Paul, too, because Epaphroditus was Paul's helper. Paul would be less sorrowful when Epaphroditus got to Philippi. Epaphroditus didn't even regard his own life, but risk it for Paul's good. Paul rejoiced in the Lord. Paul rejoiced in Christ. Paul had lots to boast about if it were just about the flesh. Paul got to count his fleshly acclaim, though, as loss for the excellent knowledge of Christ. Paul got to win Christ. Paul had righteousness through faith. Paul had the hope of laying hold on the prize. Paul's citizenship was in heaven. Paul's vile body would be changed to a glorious one. Our Lord is able to subdue all things. Paul loved the Philippians deeply. Paul had dear fellow laborers. Paul had the privilege of prayer. Paul had peace that passed understanding. Paul controlled his thoughts. Paul rejoiced in their care of late. That is the Philippians' care lately. Christ strengthened Paul. The Philippians had fellowship with Paul's afflictions. Paul received gifts from the Philippians through that were brought to him by Epaphroditus. Paul received riches and glory from from God, and Paul appreciated grace. Those are that's my list of silver linings that Paul saw from that Roman prison. But do not let it be lost on us that Paul is sitting in this Roman prison praising God for the comfort, the gifts, the encouragement, even the tribulations of the Philippians, while he remembers having established that church in the 16th chapter of Acts. I think I said 8 before, but it's really 16. In the 16th chapter of Acts, Paul was in Philippi. He's wanting to go to Philippi now, but he's already been there. And where he was in Philippi was a prison that was under, of course, the direction of Rome. And he was in prison because he was preaching the gospel. He had just converted Lydia on the shores of the sea there in Philippi. And when her masters saw, um, well, and then there was um, in verse 16 of chapter 16 of Acts. It came to pass when we went to the place of prayer, there was a young girl possessed with the spirit of divination and she met us and she brought her masters a lot of gain because she was a fortune teller. And the same followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God, which show to us the way of salvation. Have you ever had someone who was mentally afflicted 
who tried to follow you around. Um, I, I've had that experience, and maybe uh, I may have been that person, but, but I've had that experience, and it doesn't bode well for the gospel that I'm trying to teach at a ladies' day. Let's say if I just have someone who will not let me talk to other people because she is um, overtaking the conversation and she's not mentally stable. And it makes those people who need the gospel perhaps turn away and not listen. Or, or maybe it even makes it so that I don't have the chance to talk to them about the gospel. This she did many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. This wasn't just a mental illness. This was a, this was a spirit from the devil, and he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, apparently she was able to, um, she was at least able to trick people into thinking she could tell the future. They caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace to the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive. So they had an agenda. It was their pocketbooks, and they wanted Paul and Silas thrown in jail. And the multitude rose up together against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates tore off their clothes. Imagine Paul and Silas in Philippi having their clothes torn off of them and being beaten. And they laid many stripes on them and cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Here's Paul in that prison in Philippi because he cast the evil spirit out of the woman and because he was really teaching the gospel, teaching customs, as they called them, which were not their norm. And at midnight, verse 25, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God, and the prisoners heard them. Here's Paul in jail in Philippi, praising God in the worst of circumstances. And then there was this great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. I want you to keep in mind now the people who witnessed this are some of the same people to whom Paul is writing as we write down the silver linings of the book of Philippians. The keeper of the prison woke up out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and he would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, don't do yourself any harm, we're all here. And he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. Do you think that this jailer, who was shortly to go out and be baptized for the remission of his sins, do you think that he was one of the people who read the letter that Paul wrote, finding the silver linings? Do you think he thought, wow, I'm so glad that Paul was put into my prison all those years ago. And I'm certain something good will come out of his current imprisonment. Wow. He brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved in your house. And they spoke to him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night. How important was baptism? Well, it was real important. Because this jailer risked his life to leave that prison, to go with his prisoners to the water, to be baptized, to wash away his sins. Acts twenty two sixteen tells us what it was for. And he was baptized in all his straightway. Do you think the part of all his straightway, all those people who were the very germinating seed, well, the word was the seed, but these were the first fruits of that word. Do you believe those people who were the very caucus of the brand new church in Philippi, do you think some of them were the people who read the letter that Paul wrote from another prison to the Philippian church, showing them the blessings that are there, the contentment that's there, even in the prison? Yeah, they just about had to be. They were the original body of Christ in Philippi. And now Paul is writing to this great church in Philippi, saying that he has a great deal of confidence in their work. He has hope in them. He depends on them. He's thanking them for his blessings. It says he has confidence in their work. This is the work that was started by Paul from prison in Acts chapter 8. And now he's writing to them again from prison. And above all people in the world, these Philippians are going to recognize great things can come in the Lord's kingdom, even during a very dark time, even from a dark, dank prison cell. They understand this. They get this. And I pray that as we're thinking about the shepherd who takes care of Cindy Colley as if she were the only sheep. I want to have that faith. I want to have that confidence. I want to understand that my shepherd's going to provide for me, even in the darkest times. And if I will look, I will see a long, long list of silver linings as well. I love my shepherd. I love the way he provides for Cindy Colley as if I was the only sheep. Maybe that's supposed to, to be as if I were the only sheep. Whatever it's supposed to be, I am so glad it's the truth that I can rest even in the darkest times of my life. When it seems like things are going wrong, I can, if I'm like Paul, remember God's providence, his goodness in the earlier dark times of my life and know that he's providing for me and that he will, if I allow him, he will work through me to help other people to go to heaven. I will rejoice in the Lord. Thank you. I hope you're having a good day.